Hello everyone, welcome back to the Goal For It podcast. I'm so excited to be here today and talk with you guys about something that I'm really passionate about, and that is creativity. And the reason why I want to talk about creativity today is, first of all, I've been reading this book called Creative Confidence, and this is by the authors Tom and David Kelly. And basically, they're these brothers, and they've both had, you know, lots of experience with creativity. Tom, he wrote the best-selling novel, The Art of Innovation, and the other author, David, he founded IDEO, which is a company, um, and also the Stanford D School, which is a design thinking school. So I've been reading this book, and it's actually the second time that I've read it. I read it for the first time about two years ago when I was a freshman in college, and it just absolutely changed my outlook on creativity. And I was so inspired by it, so inspired by it, that I felt compelled to write the authors an email. So I think their emails were in the back cover of the book or something like that. And I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? I'm just going to reach out and email them. And so I did. And basically, I kind of explained to them, you know, my main takeaways from the book, what I really appreciated about it. And I just thanked them. You know, I said, thank you for kind of helping me to come to these insights and come to these realizations and grow in my creative abilities. And I sent it to them. And I honestly, I wasn't expecting a response back. I mean, these are very, very busy people, I'm sure, with lots to do. And I'm sure they're getting so many emails a day. But they actually responded to me. And that just, first of all, I was shocked. (laughs) And so it wasn't both of them. It was actually Tom who responded. And he just told me how grateful he was that I shared my experience reading the book with him. He talked about how he's received emails from people all around the world and just their unique stories was so were so inspiring to him. And he went on for a little bit and then he wished me the best of luck in my creative pursuits. And so I just wanted to start off with that because I think, you know, creativity is such trying to figure out how to say this it feeds off of other people so if you feel inspired by something I encourage you to share it with somebody you know this book inspired me so I I shared it with the authors and I was like this really really impacted me and it just grew into something that continually inspires me today and so Like I said, this was about two years ago when I first read this book, and I was gifted it for, I think it was either Christmas or my birthday. My mom gave it to me because she 
knew how much I loved the book. I'd originally rented it from the library, I think. And she knew how much I loved it. So she got it for me. And first of all, it's a very beautiful book. You know, they always say, don't judge a book by its cover, but (laughs) this one is definitely appealing. It's white. It's got some kind of turquoise, seafoam green brush strokes across it. Very simple, but also artistic. And, you know, it would catch your eye if you walked by it, or at least it caught my eye. And so she got it for me and I was like, great, you know, this is an awesome book to add to my bookshelf. And that's where it kind of sat for two years. But then fast forward to about a month ago, the new year, and I was just feeling in a little bit of a rut creatively. You know, I was kind of stuck on where I wanted to go, what passions I wanted to pursue, because I've always been the kind of the person with so many different interests, and it's just really hard for me to focus in on one thing, you know? And so this podcast was, for me, you know, a creative pursuit that I wanted to go after, and I just felt like I needed some more inspiration and some more confidence when it came to my creative abilities. And so I thought back to this book and I was like, you know, I still have this book. And I remember how inspired I felt the first time I read it. And so I decided to read it again. And I, let me just say, it is just as inspiring and motivating as the first time I read it. And I feel like I've walked away with things that I didn't catch the first time or things that meant one thing to me at the first time I read it means something completely different to me now. And I've never been one to reread books before. Usually I read a book and I'm done with it. And I usually rent them from the library, so I forget about them and yeah, I just go on with my life. But this one is been very impactful in my life and so I decided to read it again and I'm so glad I did and I'm here today to share with you the things that this book taught me and hopefully it will inspire you to maybe read the book yourself or just take away the things that I found most insightful for me and hopefully you can relate to them as well. So like I said, The second time around reading this book, I took notes on the things that really impacted me. And so I want to start with setting the framework, first of all. So the book is called Creative Confidence. And so you might wonder, okay, what do you mean by creative confidence? And so their whole idea behind this phrase is that Creative confidence is all about feeling empowered to pursue new ideas and innovations. So creativity is one thing. You know, we can brainstorm all we want. We can come up with tons of ideas. But if we don't act on those ideas, if we don't have the courage to go after those, then they just remain ideas. The power of creativity comes when you couple it with action. 
And so building your creative confidence is about building that confidence in pursuing your ideas and pursuing innovative new approaches. And so that, first of all, really resonated with me because I've always thought of myself as a creative person. But I've also thought of myself as a very analytical person as well. My Both my majors, I'm accounting and information systems, those are very analytical majors. And I did that because, I don't know if you listened to my first podcast, but I love being able to understand how things work. And I feel better able to come up with new ideas if I understand how a current process works or, you know, a current business runs. And so, but my whole life, I feel as though people are constantly funneled into one of two types. Either you're the creative type or you're the analytical numbers type. And I never liked that because I could see myself falling in both of those categories. And people would ask me, oh, are you the creative type? And I'd be like, well, yeah, but I also like math and I like numbers. And I just never could silo myself into one or one or the other. Creativity, I think, was something that I was very strong in earlier in life. In high school, I was involved with newspaper and I learned Photoshop. I taught myself how to work with InDesign. I was constantly designing new spreads, constantly doing creative writing. I was interviewing people and, you know, sifting through thousands of fonts to pick one for my next layout. And my whole entire experience with that was very creative focused. And I loved it. Then when I got to college and I started pursuing my studies and doing all of that, I kind of let some of that go to the back burner. And I didn't realize it was happening at first. It just sort of, I don't want to say I thought it was unimportant, but I started focusing more on the things that the world was telling me were important. So like getting a business degree, doing accounting, learning data analytics, and, you know, perfecting that resume and all of those things that are very cut and dry and there's a a set process for them. And I started to believe that that was just the way things were. And I kind of started to conform to those things And as all that was happening, I was feeling a little bit empty in a way. Not that I didn't love what I was doing, but that I was missing a part of myself that I knew I still had. And that part of me was my creativity. And I just wasn't using it like I used to. And so... I read this book and let me just say, I feel inspired again, inspired to implement creativity back into my life. And it doesn't have to be this crazy, crazy thing. 
it comes down to spending 15 minutes a day on something that you're passionate about. Thinking deeply about things that intrigue you or spark your curiosity. So I want to dive next into what the authors in this book refer to as design thinking. And so design thinking is essentially about addressing a wide variety of social, personal, and business challenges in a creative way. So it's a very human-centric approach to solving problems. I think a lot of times in business, especially, people who are high up, people who have power, they think that they know the best solution for something because they've looked at the numbers, they've looked at the data, and they decide based on that, you know, maybe even whatever's most cost-effective is what they choose. But they decide on something and they implement it. And a lot of times that can happen without thinking about the end user. And so design thinking is all about thinking about the end user, what their feelings are, what their latent needs are, and making your solutions fit their needs. And so that was something that I thought was really applicable to what I was doing. I started thinking about, you know what, business is about so much more than making money. Business is about giving people solutions to their everyday problems. You know, you think about all the apps out there and how each one is tailored to fit a specific need or specific products out there that serve a purpose, help you out in some facet of your life. That's what business is designed to do. It's designed to fill a hole in the market, serve a need, and design thinking is perfect for that because you don't want to just design something that you think is going to be good. You want to design something that people need and that people may not even know they need. And so I want to dive into a few of the quotes that I wrote down from this book that really inspired and stood out to me. And so the first one is, everything in modern society is the result of a collection of decisions made by someone. Why shouldn't that someone be you? This quote really struck me because if you think about it, it's true. Everything out there from the way the streets are laid out, from the public transportation system, to the company that you're working at, everything was designed by somebody at some point in time. And that just kind of blew my mind, honestly, because sometimes you take that for granted. You think, oh, this is just the way things have always been, or this is the way things are always going to be. But that's not the case. Someone had that idea at some point. And, you know, times have changed and 
we have more insight and more technology now to build new solutions and to change things for the better. And so it just made me really stop and think, you know, why shouldn't that be me? Why can't I be the next person to design something that could make a real impact in the world? So that's the first one. The second one is more of a motivational one, but it's courage is only the accumulation of small steps. And this one is simple, but really powerful. And actually, I have this little board in my room with those letters that you can put in the little slots, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what their technical term is, but I put this on that quote board because it really struck me. And I think courage is something that seems so vague and out there and unattainable. But if you think about it, courage is a series of small steps. It's breaking a problem down into manageable chunks and tackling them one at a time. And, you know, that's what an idea is all about. You know, once you have the idea, it's going to take a lot to make it happen. But courage is just about embracing that idea, having passion for that idea, and then taking the steps to make it a reality. So the third one is deciding for creativity does not guarantee that creativity will emerge, but without the decision, it certainly will not. And this addresses something that I think is really important, and that is the fear of creativity. Sometimes I think, at least I know I personally, fear creativity because I always question whether my idea is good enough. I'm like, okay, someone else is already going to create it, or even if I have this idea, someone's probably already done it. And, you know, it's like you almost put off creativity because you get discouraged, or it just, the idea of it is daunting, But if you think about it, if you don't even try at all, it definitely will not happen. But if you try and if you make an effort, something amazing could emerge. Not saying it will, but if you don't even try, it definitely won't happen. And so what's the harm in trying? What's the harm in going after your passion, or going after an idea you have. So even if it fails, at least you tried. And there's always more ideas out there. And in fact, the more ideas you have, the better the likelihood that one of them will emerge successful. So that kind of brings it to the next quote, which is, if you want a good idea, start with a lot of ideas. So people always think that entrepreneurs out there just had this amazing idea out of the blue. It just came to them and, you know, if only that could happen to me, if only I could just have that one great idea. But the reality of it is that most of those people 
had hundreds of ideas. You know, they didn't just have that one idea and run with it. They had a series of trials and errors before they got to that point. And your first idea isn't always going to be your best one. But that's why it's important to write down as many ideas as you can. I have a list on my phone. It's literally called business ideas. And every time I'm walking around on the street or sitting on the train and my mind's just kind of wandering, you know, and I think of something or I see something happen and I'm like, wow, that would make a really good business idea. I write it down in that list and that list has so many random things I've gone back and looked at it and it's actually kind of funny because a lot of my earlier ones, I have actually seen them become businesses now. And it's funny because, I mean, I wasn't really in the place at the time to go after an idea like that, but it just, it puts you in the habit of writing down your ideas because ideas can be so fleeting. You can have a really great idea And if you don't write it down, then the next minute it's going to be gone. And then you're going to be trying to think back and saying, okay, what did I, what was that idea? I know it was good. So I think keeping a list of any ideas that you have is a really good practice because then you can go back and maybe you'll have new experiences or new context to make one of those ideas a reality or maybe they'll spark new ideas in light of new circumstances and so it's just a really fun but also good practice Um, one of the other things that the book talks about is just the idea of letting your mind wander i don't know if you guys have ever experienced this before But it always seems like the best ideas come in the most random places. And there's actually science behind this. I don't know the exact studies. I actually kind of am curious and maybe I'll read into this. But it's places like the shower or when you're taking a walk that you tend to have really good ideas. At least in my experience, I know whenever I go on a walk, I tend to be a lot more creative or when I'm sitting on the train and just kind of staring out the window, I tend to be almost in a different place. You know, your mind just kind of wanders and you're not thinking about one thing in particular. You're not sitting in front of a computer staring at a screen, focusing on reading an email or working on an assignment or working on a project, but your mind is just kind of taking in everything around it. And it's at those times that your brain almost starts to make connections between things that might not normally be connected. And that's where you get those ideas because your brain is just free to kind of do its own thing and wander. And the book talks about how 
in middle school, it always seemed like daydreaming in class was always such a bad thing. But how it's actually a really good thing. And, you know, there's a time and a place for daydreaming. Like, you don't want to be daydreaming in the middle of an important meeting or during class when you probably should be paying attention. But maybe set aside time to just let your mind wander. Take a 15-minute walk. Take a nice hot shower and don't play music. Just be present and see what happens. See what ideas come to you and just see what happens. I think that some of the best ideas, and I know some of the stories I've heard of different entrepreneurs, they'll even say that they keep a whiteboard marker in their shower. So if they have an idea in the shower, then they can literally write it on there and they won't forget it. And I thought that that was so funny, but also so smart because, you know, you don't want to forget an idea just because you're in the shower. (laughs) So a third thing that I'd like to touch on is the idea of pretending like you're a tourist. I love traveling. And one of the things I love about traveling is that you enter a new place Every single little thing jumps out at you. You notice the smells. You notice the people. You notice the stores, how the streets are laid out. You notice the weather more. Everything is new. And so you have all this new stimuli entering your brain and your brain's trying to process it. And everything is just so exciting and fresh and new. And you know how when you're in an environment for a while, you can get kind of stuck in a rut. It's like the idea of walking into a kitchen and someone's been baking cookies and you walk in and you immediately smell it and you're like, oh, this smells so good. This is making me really crave cookies right now. (laughs) But anyway, you walk in and you smell it and it's really strong. But then after a few minutes in the room, you almost become immune to the smell because your body gets used to it and eventually you just don't even notice it anymore. And so this is the same idea with being in an environment. You get accustomed to it. You start to tune out things because you're so used to it. And so I encourage you to try pretending like you're a tourist in your environment. Start questioning everything you see. Things that you had before taken for granted or just accepted as they were, start to question, why is it like that? Why is that there? Why does that do what it does? And just act like you are experiencing it for the first time and see what insights you gain from it. See what kind of things spark your creativity And write them down. Again, write them down. I can't emphasize how important that is. Okay, how about we end with this? There's no one right answer to any problem. This one I think can be really hard to grapple with because in school, there tends to be only one right answer. 
you take an exam, it's a multiple choice test, there's one right answer. Or even with essays, it's like, it's so subjective. You know, you could really, really love whatever you wrote, but you turn it into the professor and they absolutely hate it. Or maybe they don't say they hate it, but, and this is not things like grammar or organization or whatever. I'm talking about like creative writing, you know? I took a creative writing class when I was studying abroad and it was great. I loved it. But my professor didn't always love my work as much as I loved it. And that's the hard thing about creativity is some people will love your idea and some people may not like it. But you have to accept that your idea isn't going to resonate with everyone. It's just like in life. You can't please everyone out there. It's just the way it is. If you try to please everyone, you're going to end up pleasing no one. So you have to get behind your idea. Find the people who stand behind you and look to them for support. You know, success comes from how you deal with failure. The book mentions this idea of crafting a failure resume. And I thought this was really funny because I've made tons of resumes in my college career. And it's all about thinking of every single thing that you've done, every experience you've had, what it's taught you, how it's made you a better person. But it's all accomplishments. It's all successes. But then you get out there and all these business people are telling you that they learn the most from their failures. And I think this is so true. You learn the most from things that did not work out because you analyze them more. You take a step back and ask yourself what went wrong, you know? And so I haven't made a failure resume, but I'm strongly considering it. Because I think that it's a whole new perspective on success. And success isn't just about things that go right. Success is about dealing with failure and persevering when things don't always go your way. That's the number one message I seem to hear every time I hear an entrepreneur's story. They talk about failure. And so I guess I want to just leave you with leave you with that. Creativity doesn't have to be something scary and frightening. It can be as easy as, you know, drawing in your notebook for five to ten minutes a day, going on Pinterest and searching creative writing prompts and writing for ten minutes. It can be getting one of those coloring books and coloring in the lines or outside of the lines. (laughs) It can be listening to music and just kind of being in the moment. It can be reading, reading about something that interests you or something that you're passionate about. And it just can be looking at the environment around you and asking why. Because a lot of times in this world, we're just given things and taken things 
we're just told to accept things as they are. (laughs) And the real power comes in being able to question why things are the way they are, how they can be better, and how you can use your gifts and talents and strengths to make them better. That's what creativity is. And I hope that you embrace creativity in your life in some way. I know going into this year, I'm going to prioritize creativity in my life. I'm so glad that this book helped nurture and inspire that in me again. So if you're in need of some more inspiration and you have time and you like to read, I highly encourage you to read the book Creative Confidence. It's by Tom and David Kelly. And everything I talked about today was just my thoughts and my reflections of things that were mentioned in the book and kind of my take on how those have applied to me and how I hope that you can also apply them in your life. So with that, that's all I have for you. I hope that you're having a great day and that you're inspired to embrace creativity in your life. And with that, I'll see you in the next episode. 